Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game presents... Warriors World Radio. Featuring the one and only Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you. Grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So? Who are you? Why do I gotta talk to you? This is Warriors on 95.7 The Game. Sam, it's our last show this summer. We're done. That's it. That's it. I don't know about that, Andy. 3-1. Steph Curry. Terrible game four. Clay Thompson gutted it out. Everybody else didn't show up. Warriors down. They got two road games that they would have to win to win the series, Sam. I'm ready to go home. It's like 90 degrees outside. Yeah. Um... By the way, it needs to not be this hot in, in San Francisco. The whole reason people live here is for it to not be this hot. Nobody asked for this. You want to live in this weather, you go to San Jose. Okay? <laughs> Nobody asked for this humidity. Walking outside, so I don't even sweat. Got like sand in my arm. I don't even know how. This is ridiculous. I, I think we're just letting the listeners know how spoiled we are living here. <laughs> uh, if you want to call into the show, 888-957-9570, or you can text the Chilton Auto Body Text line 95795 or tweet us using the hashtag, hashtag Warriors World Radio. All right. All right. We got an amazing show coming on, Sam. We got the Guru Johnson at 715 Darrow, and then we got everybody's favorite, put your boy, at 815. But go ahead. Losing two in a row at Oracle. I can't help but think, what if they didn't rest Clay game three? Like, you think they win that game? Because he I think, I think was amazing. Have, I think four. we have to come to, to grips with the fact that uh, this Toronto team is very good. Um, the, the idea that the Warriors could handle them without KD, it's not really playing out that way. And you can you can play into a bunch of circumstances, Clay going down, Looney going down. Um, Iguodala's does not look good or yeah. healthy. And we can go down the line, but end of the day, this team is built to have KD in the lineup, especially against better teams. He's not there right now. Um, with, with that said, I, I can't help but wonder, you know, if they had clay in game three, if they get two shots at it, would they not have been able to pull one of those out? I mean, they, they kind of got smacked in game three. I don't think it was that close. They did, but like the lineups they're using in game three, <laughs> I mean, I guess where you can second guess is, did they really need to play stuff 45 minutes yeah. in a game that they never really had a shot at there? Like they, it seemed like they had a shot at it early on. And then, you know, by the second half, they were down 10 the whole way. Yeah. The first five minutes of game three, you can just see this team that's a dynasty, this team that's like the greatest offense of all time. And, you know, defense is amazing. Uh, It's created the switchability that allows teams to be versatile. And they just were, they were run over by Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet. They're getting run over by Fred Van Vliet. Kyle Lowry. Danny Green could not miss a shot. And then so that takes us to game four where, um, I thought Clay was amazing. I thought Steph looked tired. 
Um, and that's why I keep going back to game three. Does Steph, Steph was short on almost all his jumpers, and that'll happen time to time. But it's hard for me to not look at that and think, man, if he didn't play um, 45 minutes with McKinney, Quinn Cook, and kind of the, uh, the infirmary lineup, you hmm. could say, uh, maybe does he have more legs? Maybe do they have a better chance? Yeah, he was short. He was also like pump, doing that weird half pump fake where he's where he's open, but he's just not shooting the ball. Like like the first year there in the playoffs or the first the first championship run where he's doing that against the Grizzlies, um, down two one. It just I, I just they don't look like a team that's going to come back at all. It, it, at, like at all, and you can say that a couple of years ago. I think they try to compare themselves in that series against Oklahoma City Thunder, where they were blown out in Game Four. Those right? are the two. Those were probably the two worst games I've seen the Warriors play on the during this five year run. Yeah, the two in yeah. Oklahoma because yeah. they weren't just beat; they were thoroughly dominated yeah. in a way that, like, I, I still can't think of any any <laughs> games where they've been dominated. Not in the like, postseason. Like that. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, I'm not counting a random Tuesday in January. Yeah. Utah's just really hot against yeah. them. I think the Cavs had a couple like crazy games where they made like 33s, right? But, oh, like, absolutely. Those don't really count because the Thunder made them look small, right? And, and the Raptors, I think, are doing like a facsimile of that. You know what's the problem? The Warriors are not that good anymore. Like they're just, they're not that as good as they were without Kevin Durant. And that that's why, you know, they're not losing by 20 in these games. But you have the same feeling of well, they don't really have a chance. Like, do you, Sam? Do you really think they had a chance of winning Game Three and Game Four? Like, might be a moment or two, but I don't think outside of that they really had a chance. Without without KD, they would have needed both Steph and Clay to go off in the same game, or the defense to be a lot better. And to me, that's the biggest difference from the 2019 Warriors and those pre Kevin Durant Warriors. Those pre Kevin Durant Warriors were the best defensive team in the NBA. This team, they're a good defensive team. They're not the best defensive team in the NBA. They they didn't make anything uncomfortable for Kawhi. Kawhi got what he wanted. Uh, quite frankly, Toronto got what they wanted. Yeah, they had some good defensive spurts, but this isn't the team that could just kind of lock you up when they needed to. Yeah, he couldn't stop a Kyle Lowry, Marcus all pick and roll. I mean, like, I, I mean, come on. And we should come say, on. I mean, it's 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 not the same team as before. All that said, there is reason to have some optimism, Andy, because a certain someone may be coming back <laughs> for Game Five. Per sources, and that is a that's a trump card. Um, you know, that's a that's a far better adjustment than we'll run more pick and roll. Uh, let's just put the best player in the NBA back in. Steve Kerr on the pregame. He's going to practice with us today, and uh, he'll get some extra work in with some of our younger players. And we'll gauge it from there. What he's going to do today, he hasn't uh, he hasn't done. So he's doing more today, and then we'll we'll know more after that. So that was from earlier today. Since then, um, Chams Charania from the Athletic reports he's questionable for tomorrow. Uh, what that means, anyone's guess. But <laughs> this is better than what we've heard the last month, where he'd essentially be ruled out the day before a game, like they. I'm getting the impression he's going to at least try to give it a go. Will he be healthy? Yeah, he's Will playing. he be KD? Not sure, but it sounds like there's he's probably going to try to give it a go. Yeah, he's going to play, and or, well, I, I think we think, but you, anything's better than Alfonso McKinney, Sam. Anything is better than Jonas Jarebko. Quinn Cook had about sixteen thousand open shots in Game Four and missed all of them. 
anything is anything is better than watching Demarcus Cousins or Jordan Bell trying to stop a pick and roll again. Kevon Looney has a fractured collarbone. Okay, technically it's the cartilage. <laughs> Dr. The way in, the way in which that uh, the specificity of these injuries is just more and more getting explained. Like I'm like I'm not sure I understand what what they're talking <laughs> about anymore. Carl uh, producer Carl says uh, Draymond didn't even know what happened to to Looney, so nobody knows. Nobody knows because he was supposed to be out for the series. I mean, we we all saw the clip. That was a serious uh, running back type play from from Kawhi. But in terms of what's actually injured, I, I don't know. It sounds really painful, but I'm still having a hard time understanding what it is. I don't. I think like this is the accumulation. You remember that Miami Heat uh, team where they just got blown, they got the doors blown off of them by the Spurs in that back in 2014. Yeah, the last year of that run. I guess we didn't really see this coming because, you know, as long as you have Steph and KD and, and Clay, they'll be fine because they're more talented than that Heat team, you could say. But with those guys out, it's obvious. It's obvious that they're tired, they're injured, they're outplayed, out-talented. Like, there's really nothing they can do unless number 35 comes back. That, that's really about it. Sam, it's, it's panic hours over here at Warriors World Radio. Do you think someone's going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was the clay laugh from today. You didn't hear that? No. Was that, like, his version of Kawhi? That was disturbing. Yeah, kind of. It's... Um... Let me play the full sound for you. Someone's asking Clay about the Warriors, uh, and he's talking about the need to be resilient. We all know about Game 6, Clay, but there might not be a Game 6. Are we going to see a Game 5, Clay, instead now? (laughs) Uh, You're going to see me, and you're going to see me being myself, and you're just going to see a resilient Warrior team. Is there anyone funnier than Clay Thompson? (laughs) I mean, maybe Kawhi Leonard. We got a real podium battle between Clay and Kawhi. It might be the uh, the most under talked about storyline of this finals. <laughs> Clay had a game. Clay had a big game four. He, he pulled out the uh, I don't know if we can say it on air, Carl. He pulled out the the dance, the Sam Cassell, the Sam Cassell dance. Yeah, the, the Sam Cassell, the onions. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> he pulled out that dance, which was fantastic. They look good, but it, it also was. The beginning of game four, where Demarcus Cousins throwing the ball around. He can't play after a big game two. He, he it done and. Honestly, he shouldn't be playing. He just got a torn quad coming back from a torn Achilles. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad for the Warriors. And quite frankly, with uh, Boogie, we always knew these type of matchups against um, teams that run a lot of pick and roll was was not going to be the best matchup for him before the injuries. When he had that second injury in the Clippers game, now it's just kind of like you have to give the guy a lot of credit for trying to play through it, but it's I don't see how that gets better. Yeah, what are you supposed to do about that? It's not his fault, right? There's really, from an adjustments perspective, you really there's really nothing the Warriors can do. I don't think, right? We'll get into it. We'll get into nitty gritty here. Um, we've got Daryl, the Guru Johnson, on the other side, host ninety five seven the game. I need a mimosa. <laughs> mimosa sounds pretty good right now. You know, I could be sitting in Dolores Park. Yeah, we got uh, we got the Butcher Boy Joe Shasky coming up in the eight o'clock hour. Is he a mimosa guy? I doubt. I doubt he's a mimosa guy. Shasky seems like De- definitely a Red Bull and vodka kind of guy. <laughs> a lot a Red Bull and vodka kind of guy. Anyway, we've got those guys coming up in the next hour. We'll get to the phones here after the break. Warriors World Radio, Andy Lou and Samus Fendiari. Now back 
to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Warriors World Radio here. Sam Esfandiari, Andy Liu. Um, Andy, so what do you want to see from KD in the next game? Come out to this song? Yeah. Well, it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what? Sometimes I don't think my mic is on. But uh, you know what I want to see? I just want to see him play. I think Kevin Durant has spent a lot of time on the sidelines contemplating, you know, if Warriors fans want him here, right? He's on Twitter a lot. He's on Instagram a lot. And I think he cares about that. Obviously, I think everybody knows that at this point. Um, He said it even. So I would like him to have a chance to bring the Warriors back, right? Sam, you remember like two weeks ago when the Warriors beat the Blazers, when they swept the Blazers and, you know, the dumbest people on, on media were saying like, hey, they don't need KD to win the championship. They don't need KD to do this. They don't need that. They don't need that. Like, oh, that, that, was that, such a, to him. that was such a straw man. Like, no, no one was saying yes. that. And then it leads every talk show. Do they even need him? Nobody was saying that. No one. No Warriors fan was saying that. You were, neither you or I were saying that. The players definitely didn't say that. Every um, player, first thing was, we need him back. He's our best player. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it becomes kind of like when it goes on, all these shows that are that lead, you know, ESPN or First Tech, whatever it is, every single day, then it gets to him. And I think this is his chance. This is as close, you know, obviously he could be down 3-0, but this is as close to Warriors, you know, can be to getting knocked out of the playoffs, and it's on the greatest stage. It's the finals. So he has a chance to come out there. No matter what he does, if the Warriors come back from this 3-1 deficit, even if he averages like 10 points. I would think that's the difference in, in the series. I'm not saying he's finals MVP or anything, but I think that's I think he would love that. If yeah, that he, makes him he's, happy. He's not going to come back and only average 10 points. We both know <laughs> no, that. No? <laughs> it's too easy for him to walk into 20. But um no, I think your point I think your point's taken. If he if he is able to go in game 5 and they're able to turn the series around, get it to 7, maybe even win, it's hard not to kind of give him the whole fairy tale ending, the whole storybook thing. Whoa, whoa. Storybook ending, like like KD's gone next season ending. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, is there not a better way to kind of endear yourself and kind of just to, to be able to come Oracle back from ending. injury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a Oracle ending. That'd be nice. I mean, it didn't seem like Game Four was that great. Let's take a. I mean, four more mic. We'll take. We'll get four more mic in here real quick before Guru comes on, because um, he he wants to talk about kind of Oracle and Chase Center. So let's get to this. Uh, real fast. Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm great, man. I want to talk about these soft-ass East Bay Warrior fans, man. First of all, <laughs> the Warriors is moving to San Francisco. They not moving to Vegas. They not moving to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? I don't understand what people meant for. What you meant for? You, you don't know how to navigate your way to San Francisco? You don't know how to navigate your way here? Like, that's so soft to be crying about, oh, the Warriors are moving to San Francisco. I bet you people in Seattle would like would like it if uh, the uh, Seattle Supersonics was, would have moved to SeaTac or to Tacoma, Washington. They wouldn't have no ibbles or, or, or qualms about that. So all these Warrior fans out here, if the Warriors playing in Pano, I love the Warriors. Just because they moving to San Francisco, that has nothing to – no bearing on anything. Stop letting uh, – uh, the city of Frisco and your stereotypes about it act like we can't host or we don't know how to be fans to uh, uh, to a sports team, i.e. the Niners in the 90s, i.e. the Giants in the last five, six years. 
thank y'all. Y'all have a nice day. And we coming back, too. We coming back from 3-1. Watch. Ooh. Thank you, Fillmore Mike. If we if they in Pinole. <laughs> Andy, you ready to, to to make the trek to Pinole to watch Warrior Games? <laughs> I need that cut, by the way. I, but I would never be in Pinole. Um, but I need that cut. Pinole's a nice area. Um, I kind of I do agree with this point. Um, as long as they stay in the Bay Area, everything else it's a little petty to be worried about. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Sunset Andy, so you know I'm all about this move. Uh, yeah, yeah you have a little, you have a little bit of a homer bias. Yeah, I, I probably can't speak to it as much. I'm excited to see Chase Center, so I'm excited because I live and I work here, so I can go to all the games. Um, but we could probably get into this. I mean, I we'll get into this after. Maybe Guru has thoughts on this. Guru, are you on? Can you hear us? Sam and Andy, what's up, baby? <laughs> what's up, Guru? Did I say Andy and Sam? I know a lot of people in radio have ego, so I'm gonna say <laughs> Sam and Andy and Andy and Sam, and I'm covered. Guru, I'm in, I'm in the driver's seat here, so it's it's oh, Andy and Andy as far as they care, as far as they know. <laughs> Andy and Lou, uh, what's up, fellas? <laughs> Good. How are you? How you doing? How you feeling about this uh, about this series? Or how you feel about this I'm weather? Let's glad. start with that. L- listen. I'm so excited. I'm in the lab right now watching game um, five. I'm watching, excuse me, yeah, game four. And it seems to me that there's a narrative out there that the Raptors have just Mike Tyson, the Warriors, every game. And late in the third quarter, middle third quarter, uh, Friday, the Warriors had a six-point lead. So my point to answer that question is I am nervous. But what superseded that nerve is what's happening today with this cryptic news, because that's how I'm digesting it, with Kevin Durant. Before, I was like, you know what? He's hurt. It's all good. A band of brothers. Everybody's on the same page. And now you're getting reports. At just, I mean, like Ewoks on Star Wars. They're coming out of everywhere about are the Warrior players mad, or do they think he can go? The coach thinks he can go. And, fellas, he practiced today. Then I'm like, okay, he may be there tomorrow night, maybe not. Then I hear reports. I'm reading on Twitter. I need to stay off. Oh, he didn't practice but a little bit. He was the first one to leave. So I asked you two to talk me off the ledge. I don't know what to think, but the Warriors, to me, until I see it, and the game has zero seconds on the clock, they got a chance, but I don't know what Warrior team we're going to see. One with 35 or one without. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, too. We we spent the last 10 minutes panicking, me and Sam, but here, here's the thing. Game six or game five against Houston, game six against Houston, they showed that they still got, you know, the, the heart of a champion, I guess you could say, right? Or the Sam Cassell, big Sam Cassell dance of a champion. But they, they did that against Portland. They went down about 15, 18 every game and they came back. I just think that they may be out of gas here, but there's not there's something to be said about having Kevin Durant come back, who Sam says every five seconds is the best player in the world, and having that kind of jumpstart your team. Can you imagine, right, Guru? Think about this, right? This is a Toronto team that's played poised. They've played great. It's all been amazing. It's like a fairy tale story, whatever. But where did they lose Game Five at home? Right? They lose Game Five at home, and then all of a sudden they're down ten at Oracle Game Six. Right, And all of a sudden now we're talking about a Game 7. It's kind of like the Warriors when they were up 3-1 and then they choked that lead away because, well, they had a couple of suspensions and injuries. Now the Warriors on the other side of that where they get that one guy back who's pretty good. Listen, you are spot on, and I'm going to tell you two a secret about me. I always wanted to write Hollywood movies, and as you could tell, I failed. I always wanted that, that big movie project. 
And I thought what the Warriors did when Kevin Durant got hurt and they had to play Portland without him, I thought that was the movie, the title, the best motion picture all season long in the NBA is Steph and the Warriors band together and they won an NBA title without Kevin Durant, who was playing arguably his best basketball. And then out of nowhere, the Raptors showed up. And now I'm like, okay, they're down 3-1. Nobody's giving them a chance. And my point, fellas, here's another movie script. If if Durant somehow can play tomorrow, could you imagine the Raptors? This is new to them. They don't know what it's like to play a, a, a clinching game for NBA Finals Championship. If Durant is out there, the Hannibal Lecter, the mental game, to me, shifts all to the Warriors. And, yeah, the talk has to beat them in Toronto. But if they did, fellas, and then you come back to Oracle, not Oracle, and then it's a game seven. I mean, this would be something out of Hollywood is all that I'm saying. Maybe I need to take a hot, a cold shower, but <laughs> I, I can taste it. But it's all about, will Durant be ready? Will he be there? Joining us on the guest pad, or dial pad guest line, Daryl the Guru Johnson. Guru, I'm curious. We don't know if KD is going to play tomorrow. I think Andy and I are both kind of cautiously optimistic. He's going to give it a go. Um, who else on the who in the Warriors are you looking for to really get him going, kind of ignite him, be the one to really step up in Game Five? It's Draymond Green, and it's got to be Draymond Green. And I'm going to tell you why I'm a little nervous. If you can't tell, is this Toronto team? Looks like OKC 2.0 from three, four years ago. They got limp. They're bothering Steph Curry and Clay. There's no room. I was in the house last game, and they are playing defense, and I tip my cap to them. But we're not seeing the Magic Johnsons, Raymond Green. And, again, that's because the Raptors, you know, they're trying to push the pace even when they make a bucket, but they're getting back on defense. They're taller than Draymond. So to answer your question to me is Dre goes – so do the Warriors against the Raptors. We've seen Steph's heroics not work. It got him close. So Draymond somehow has to just will his way and just put his stamp on this game, fellas. But the more I think about it, I see Siakam down there. I see Gasol. You know, I'm like, how's he going to do it? But he's got to be the one. And I hope the Warrior coaches are in the lab you know, taking the input of the players to where they can implement something or find something on film that they haven't tried to exploit as of yet. But again, to make my long answer short, it's Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond hasn't. He, he played a great against Portland, but this is a series, like you just said, Guru, against uh-huh. the th- just like when it was against the Thunder when he was swallowed up most of the series uh-huh, by man. Kevin Durant. You know, it's, it's looking kind of like it. By the way, the text line's hilarious, 510. Why this caller sound like Guru two minutes later? Oh, LOL. Not to disappoint. I think he knows. Well, okay, so here's what I'm thinking, because you talk about adjustments and you talk about what the coaching staff could do. Um, as, you know, myself and Sam, the greatest Steph fan, Steph stands that you can find, a lot of the times he finds the perfect balance between, hey, give me the rock, I'm going to go get 30, right? He did that in game three. He got 47. Sometimes he says, okay, I'm going to listen to Steve Kerr. I'm going to play more off the ball. And now that usage rate goes down, but it kind of makes everyone else around him a lot better. What's your adjustment in game five? Because this is do or die now, right? This is do or die and both sides work, but Steph has got to find a way to – play 
you know, he, he's got to do something other than just kind of be okay standing off the ball in, like he did in game four. So, like, if you were Steph, what, what can you do here um, to kind of to regain that footing on, on offense? Well, you're getting an extra day rest, which he, to me, he's, I, I saw him. He looked gassed, man, when he dropped the 47. And you had 24 hours to get ready for a game Friday. And now you got an extra 24 hours. And I'm just hoping he takes his vitamins, his fluids. But if it were me, fellas, I'm starting, and you can laugh, I'm starting Quinn Cook. I'm starting Quinn Cook, and I got Steph Curry at the two, and we're going down blazing with the Splash Brothers, Clay and Steph. And the reason I bring up Quinn Cook's name is sometimes the best defense is your offense. And right now the Warriors are struggling on the defensive end. So try to capitalize with Quinn Cook at the point guard position. I mean, Livingston got a start. And the Warriors, you know, Kerr looked like Wild Coyote because, to me, I think Livingston went one of four. He just wasn't assertive enough. And put Quinn Cook in there and let, let Steph and Clay, the Splash Brothers, go berserk. And if you lose, you look at this five-year run, you got nothing to be ashamed of, ashamed about. But my point is, forget the ball responsibility. Have somebody in Quinn who I trust. Yes, yeah, going to be a tall task, but have him – get those guys going, and then if all else fails, I just envision Quinn uh, not scared to step up in the moment. When Cook, when uh, Kerr has been putting Cook in, to me, he's one of those guys, if you don't go at him at the right – if you don't put him in the game at the right time, he's done. you got to make him feel a part like he's a part of the game plan, and I believe when he gets in early, you know, he steps up. So that's what I would like to see tomorrow. Quinn Cook start – if if Durant can't go and uh, just go down with the Splash Brothers. You know, Guru, I'm curious. You were saying to Andy a couple minutes ago, this Raptor team's kind of reminding you of those Thunder in 2016 with Westbrook, Ibaka, KD, and just how oh. big and physical and long they are. Um, where where do you wrap these where do you rank these Raptor teams against the teams the Warriors have had to play in this last five years? They, are they as good as those Cavs teams? Are they as good as the Thunder? I mean, where do they rank among all the teams the Warriors had to go through over the last five years? And you're gonna call that's a great question. You're gonna call me prisoner in a moment, fellas, but I'm ready to put them up there with the Le, Le, the LeBron team that lost uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love in that series and still uh, I believe, lost in six. So, to me, they are as good as any LeBron James team that the Warriors have faced in the finals. And the reason I say that is Kawhi Leonard, the guy who has hampered dealing with Lord knows what, but has just been LeBron James-esque or even better because, he, he, you know, no free throw issues, shot clock going down, super body control, just cool under pressure. And just to watch what I believe – the Raptor uh, supporting cast feed off what Kawhi Leonard's doing on what I think is one leg is incredible. But when I watch that defense in person, I'm like, oh, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers in their prime. Oh, this is the Baltimore Ravens defense in their prime. That's what I'm getting from this Raptor team. And then they got the offense to go with it and the length that you talk about. So to answer your question, they're up there with the LeBron uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Not that came back from 3-1, because that's still fluke bill to me. It's when uh, I think LeBron averaged like 35 points a game, yeah. and they lost 4-2 Cleveland. So I'm ready to put Toronto up there, and they're not going anywhere if Leonard you know, happens to re-sign with them. 
Well, so, okay, so let's talk about Durant, right? What do you think this is, what, what happens if he does play? And, you know, maybe he looks, maybe obviously he looks hurt, right? And he's out there struggling. They do lose game five or game six or game seven, whatever it is. What do you think this means for his legacy, though? And I mean this from a, is he happy about it? Does that mean he could leave? Or does he say, hey, I'm going to want to come back. I'm going to want to run this back, you know, and get revenge. Next year I'll be healthy. We're not going to lose when I'm healthy. What's kind of the thought process if you're KD there? Because I, I think that could spin kind of his decision process this summer. We, we we know he cares about what people think about him, regular Joe's, social media, and he's been a warrior, but I feel like fellas were in the cafeteria and somehow Kevin Durant is feeling peer pressure in regard to people questioning, can he go? And these anonymous reports now that it may be the players or the training staff, everybody's dumbfounded is why he's not playing. I think we're going to see him out there tomorrow. I really do. And I think the motivating factor is, yeah, he wants to help his team three-peat. But if it's all said and done, he goes out there and he's not 100%, the Warriors lose. I just think the John Wayne angle of respect, people would respect him. Not that they don't now, fellas, but this injury, it couldn't happen to any other super athlete other than Durant. It's like it's a perfect like hurdle for something that shouldn't be a hurdle because I believe the dude's really hurt and now he's getting questioned. So to me, if he doesn't go tomorrow and he loses, I feel like the fan base will be split. Some will be angered. Some will blame him that you were just, you know, fan bagging for free agency, which I don't believe, but just to see 35 in a warrior uniform, knowing this could be the last four quarters of, the Golden State Warriors season and his tenure, I think he would just, and it may mean nothing at the end of the day to him, but he would gain major props from the NBA uh, world. Yeah, that's and that's great because that's what he's like. He was happy, KD. That was something he was happy where you know against Houston, where they calling him called him the best, you know, in the world, and and that's who he was going to be. That he finally got that acclaim, and then and, and then all of a sudden that that calf gave away or, or whatever it was. So, Guru, we'll get you out of here with one more. All right, what do you think is going to happen rest of the series? If you had a pen and paper and you had to write this, you know, send this to. I don't know, Disney Studios, uh, Pixar, whatever it is. If you got to send it through, what's your uh, what's your prediction? Here I go, fellas, and, you know, I've made wrong ones before. I know y'all up against it. Kevin Durant plays tomorrow. I really, truly mean this. And the Warriors win three in a row, and they win, and they three-peat. That, that's just – that's what I feel. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the lab. I feel that that's going to happen. Now, real quick, if Durant doesn't show up tomorrow – the Warriors give a valiant effort, but it's just not enough. And Toronto and Drake, they party in front of the nation. <laughs> well, we'll go party with them. That's okay with me. Uh, <laughs> turn it up. Turn it up. I <laughs> love that. Uh, Guru, man, I appreciate you coming on. we got to have you on the next time. We can't do Bonte no more, so it's just going to be you Hi, instead man. of Bonte or Butcher Boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas, y'all have a good rest of the show. All right, brother. All right, brother. All Thank right. you. I'm going to go party with Drake. I've been a Drake fan since I was in high school. He's a great artist. Do I like him as a Raptor fan? No, but I like him as a musician. He's extremely talented, but I will definitely skip this song if I don't like it. And if it's one of his soft, you know, R&B songs, I'm going to skip it because I'm in, I'm in kill mode right now. We need this series to go on just so we can get at least three more Clay Podium quotes. He's been, he's been giving us at least one just on-the-money Got to play it back. Quote every podium. You're crushing on the board op. Like, is it a board? Is it a board op? What do you call that thing? 
Uh, he's just, just Sam's just smiling ear to ear <laughs> over here. Sa- soundboard. Soundboard. He's just crushing it. Just. But you know what else is unfair? Life is unfair. <laughs> yeah, From Andy. a great caller a few weeks ago. By the way, we had Guru on on, uh, on the dial pad. So uh, let me do a read real quick. Dial pad helps you make smarter calls. Connect your team with a business communication platform that powers voice, video, messages, and meetings across your existing devices. They got that paper all the way on the other side. I can barely see it. But uh, we're good. I, I think you might need to. Uh-oh. To welcome to Big Baller Zone. <laughs> Um, Guru did hit on one thing that we haven't really talked about, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Um, do we need to go through what he's doing this series? In in my opinion, that third quarter imp- performance from him was as impressive a kind of star takeover performance I've seen from anyone outside of <clears throat> Steph, LeBron, or KD in the last like decade. Yeah, we watched Steph. We watched Kawhi go Steph on the on, on the Warriors. Right, like we watched him do what Steph does to other teams, and it was, but it was in his own Kawhi way. It was methodical. Just got to his spots, as you know, in his own time, took his time, and just kept hitting over and over again. And they had no answer for him. And it's not like he he looks healthy. I mean, he's fine. He's playing. He's playing well, but he's not looking like you know Kawhi Leonard. And like he may never look like that Kawhi Leonard again because I think they were saying it's the quad or it's the knee if it's the quad that's not great because it's a couple of years now. But yeah, I mean that's that might not be who he is. Maybe he's just this type of player now and the Warriors can't do anything about it. You know what I think though? I think if Kevin Durant does come back, that's another guy that they can throw on him because the issue right now is they're throwing Alfonso McKinney on him. Sam like man, like even if you're not Kawhi, like let's say you're Paul George Right, who's he's a couple notches below Kawhi? Right, he's probably doing the same before. Like, to take nothing away from Kawhi Leonard, this is Alfonso McKinney we're talking about. Like, this is not—he's not crushing against a healthy Godala or Kevin Durant. So yeah. I'm impressed, but not. That said, I mean, it's been primarily Godala and Clay on him. Obviously, there's been a little McKinney mixed in there, and you know, we got you're just kind of by Clay in game two. You're just kind of hoping it—it um, it works out for you in those McKinney minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Clay had some success against him in game two, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, it's just the Warriors through this five-year run who have pretty much had the enormous amount of wings, right? Andre Godala, Sean Livingston, Harrison Barnes even, KD when he went, went after that, uh, Draymond Green, obviously. They just had guys that they could throw at you. And they're all, at worst, st- good starters. Yep. If not, like even Sean Livingston, a couple of years ago, Sean Livingston's it was definitely an above average defender. And for the first time now, we're seeing, you know, a team without wings and they've got to play Cousins, they've got to play Looney, they've got to play Quinn Andrew Cook. Bogut. Yeah, Quinn Cook, right? You're not even bigs, they got to play these small guys who they'll never play in a playoff series. Sean, Sean Livingston doesn't look like he can I mean, that's as far as he can go. He's on his last legs literally. He's on his last legs. He's done after the series. So it, it it's it's just not the same Warriors. These are not the same Warriors. This is why they got Kevin Durant. And when you don't have that guy that you you know pushed all your chips in to get, this is what it looks like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, as you're saying, Livingston's starting to look like he's 34. Uh, Iguodala is 35. I actually think Iguodala has had a really impressive playoffs considering everything. But there's a ceiling yeah. to how much you can. Can, how much you can expect out of a guy at his age with kind of the knee and the back issue and whatever it may be. And 
they really need him to be like 2014, 2015 Iguodala. And I don't think that's a fair ask. Even like Houston Rockets Iguodala. Like, we don't need all of the game six Iguodala where he hit five threes. It's not going to happen. But like maybe two or three, you know, big ones in the beginning of the game to kind of get the team settled, right? Something like that and start a second half maybe. But that's just not there. It's just not there right now. And that's been the other story of this series. Um, outside of Steph and Clay, no one could hit an outside jumper. You mentioned Iguodala, 4 of 17 from 3 over um, the four games this series. Draymond, 2 of 11. I mean, they're obviously not getting any sort of outside shooting from the center position, you know, from Looney, from Bogut. <clears throat> Cousins took a couple shots, but Cousins is clearly dealing with an injury and who knows how many minutes he can even stay on the floor. I mean, it's they're making it really easy for the Raptors to overload Steph and Clay, and you know they're still getting a bunch of shots because they're two of the best shooters of all time. But it's a lot easier to guard them when you don't have to worry about anyone else hitting a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, here's the thing, Sam. You just gotta go with more Jacob Evans. You know, the people need more Jacob Evans. By the way, before we go to break, uh, somebody asked in the nine two five wherever that is, Sam, are you related to the poker pro Antonio Esfandiari? I'm not. How often do you get that? Um, you know, once every three days. There's there's just not that many well-known Esfandiaris out there in the general American population. And, I mean, he's a big-time poker guy. He grew up here, too, in San Francisco, I believe. San Jose. San Jose, where it's 120 degrees and humid. Kind of like San Francisco right now. Anyway, all right, so we're going to come back after the break. We'll get to the calls. If you want to dial in, 888-957-9570. Text into the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. And we're Warriors World Radio. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. We'll be right back. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Warriors World Radio here, Sam Esfandiari. Andy, I, th- I think producer Wes has by far the best music of anyone we've had on the board. I like Wes. Wes is cool. <laughs> Good he's, guy. Not, he's not your number one? Do I hear Porter Robinson, Sam? Is that what I hear? And he wants a very specific type of producer. He's like, a, um, he's like, he's like the Russell Westbrook of hosts here. He wants to run his specific play over and over again. No room for deviation. No room for improvising. I, I, I don't even want to come in. Sometimes I just tell Carl, producer Carl, just go in and just say, you know what? I'm just not going to show up this week. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't get me some Avicii, I'm just not going to walk in. That's it. It's a show. So we're only going for one hour now. <laughs> Um, if you want to join the show, 888-957-9570. I saw someone from the 415 texted in saying they had uh, they had an issue getting through. Um, keep calling. Keep trying again. Uh, that issue should be fixed. Or you can text into the Chilton Auto Body text line, 957-95. Andy, I got a question for you. So right now, um, the report is Katie is questionable. First, let me start with this. Can the Warriors come back if Katie doesn't play? Uh, win three in a row if KD doesn't play a single game? Is that- sure. I, well, no, let's start with game five. Okay. Uh, I think they can win game five if KD doesn't play. I think there's n- almost zero chance that they could win three in a row against this Toronto team playing like this 
without Kevin Durant coming back. I'd agree with you. They can win any particular game. Winning three in a row without him's probably not going to happen. Yeah, no. They've dug themselves into a hole where they almost have to play perfect. Because, you know, when we made series predictions, you know, I was less worried than you. And the primary reason was I just didn't think Toronto could play this well in the finals. That has and I've we, been wrong. And we both were under the impression he'd be back around right. Game 3, right. Game 4. I thought it'd be a 1-1, 2-1 type series when he came back. Uh, so they'd have, even if he came back and they went through some growing pains, you know, they still had an extra game. Now, I mean... They're up against the wall. They need to be perfect. Yeah, they need to be perfect. And I thought, you know, I mean, maybe even the Warriors thought. There were articles that were coming out on The Athletic by people that are very in tune with the Warriors that, you know, maybe the players thought that he'd be back by Game 3 or Game 4 latest. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason why you could see that they're a little frustrated. Um, And I don't think it's KD's fault. I don't. It's just, if you can't play, you can't play. You just can't play. And they've. So and he's he, always going to have more pressure on him because he's the best player on the team. Him and Steph are always going to have a little more pressure because, yeah. I mean, no one gets. I mean, what Looney did, amazing, really gutsy performance of the whole collarbone, chest injury, wherever it may be. Um, but he doesn't have the same responsibility that, you know, a Kevin Durant does. Yeah. Kevin Durant's got to come back on that sore calf or grade two tear calf, whatever it is, and guard Kevin Durant. And then have to score twenty five points, you know. So, this... I, so yeah, that actually gives me. That's a question for you. So let's say we both agree they're not going to win three in a row without KD playing a role in the series. So let's say KD co- does come back. I don't think either of us expect him to be fully healthy. How much do they need from KD to really have a chance, Andy? Like, are we talking about they just need him to give them solid minutes? hit some open shots, play some defense, rebound, not try to take over, uh, but basically, you know, be better than McKinney, Quinn Cook, and kind of the guys they really don't want to be playing 30 minutes a game. Or do they need him to be MVP, finals MVP, one of the greatest players of all time? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. (laughs) Do they need him to be that guy, or do they need something in the middle? I mean, I think it's something in the middle. I mean... I think they don't need final. They don't need MVP Kevin Durant to win. It'd be nice though. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I also think there's no chance, right? I think you and I agree. There's no chance that's happening. I don't think he's coming out tomorrow. He's dropping 35 points. There's no way. If he does, he probably should have played Game Three, right? To be honest, like if KD comes out tomorrow and he's the best player on the floor in the world, and they win by 20, what were you doing? Should play Game Four. Should play Game Three. So I don't think there's a chance. I mean, that's how I felt about Clay's Game Four. Uh, As Game Four slipping away, and Clay is the only one who's playing well. The whole time I'm sitting there going, "Did they really have to rest some Game Three? Yeah, I mean that. That's the thing. That's what I. And so I don't think that's happening. But I do think they need like a like a lessened version, like maybe that Paul George that we saw that's hurt in the regular season where he was obviously injured and maybe couldn't shoot so great, but could play defense and. You know, could put up enough buckets to release stress on Stephen Clay. Yeah, I think if they get that, they could absolutely win three in a row. I think yeah, absolutely. The, the difference, of course, with those two injuries was Paul George's was his shooting shoulder, which is why he couldn't hit a shot. But his legs were fine. KD's legs are not fine. Yeah, it's a, it's a leg <laughs> issue, so you wonder how the defense and kind of yeah. 
holding up against physical guys going to do. But I'm I'm not really worried about his ability to hit those uh, those those patented mid range shots repeatedly, whether he can or can't jump off the calf. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's true. We got to go to the phones though. We oh, I had, we had John from San Francisco. He John, call back. <laughs> Apologize. We'll go to you immediately when you call back. Yeah, uh, let's go to Stephen Oakland. He's got a oh no, he's not happy about that KD thing. All right, well, Steve, sir, how are you doing? What we got? Steve, you there? Steve, uh, I, I I'm a D, not a Steve. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, what you got for us? Uh. So I did promise you guys I would call in. Um, and to your point about the uh, it being about if KD can hit open shots, it's it's not that. It's can he move laterally and play defense um, and not get picked on in the pick and roll? Because honestly, in my opinion, on that quad injury or Achilles or whatever it may be, if he's getting put into the same situations as the DeMarcus Cousins, is he a better defender? Yes. But can he get in front of a Kawhi Leonard? Can he run out on the contest for a Fred Van Vliet? Uh, I personally don't see it, and that's why I think they still may lose game five, to be honest with you. You think they're a better Normally team, though, I'm... with him up? What's that? You think they're a better team with him playing? Uh, I, I mean, obviously. Right now. You know, yeah. the as of right now, no, yeah. I don't. I mm-hmm. think that he may, in fact, be a liability on the floor, Oof. to be quite frank. It's, it's no That's no condemnation on on KD. Like, I think that he's the best player in the world. Uh, I think that the team is driven by his, you know, presence on the team. It's just, I don't think he's ready to go. And I don't know if you guys saw that they just posted a video of him shooting at an open gym somewhere in Canada. Uh, I don't know where they're shooting at, but <laughs> Winnipeg. Um, he, it, it, Edmonton. Winnipeg, thank you. <laughs> right, next to, right next to Justin Rowan. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, we got But um, he, it looks like he, he's not even getting any lift on his shots. So if he's shooting flat footed the entire time, that just makes him an easy target for, you know, a Danny Green to come up and send him into the third row. So I do I want to see him out there? Will I be happy that he's out there? Absolutely. But I just, I don't know if I see this being something that's a benefit for the team. Yeah. All right. Thank you, D. We gotta um, find out who that was. Justin Rowan shout out. Yeah, yeah well, we can't we can't let him get a big ego. Um, <laughs> he does bring up a good point. Um, I don't think you or I are worried about Katie's ability to hit shots. How's he going to be able to move defensively with the? Uh, Have you seen Alfonso McKinney move defensively, Sam? Yeah, so that's where I disagree with the caller. Um, a banged up KD is still an upgrade to the rotation over what they are forced to use. Like it's not like they have. Um, you know, Paul George or Jimmy Butler sitting on the bench to just replace him. You know, the, the drop-off is large. Uh, but his point is fair. He may he may struggle more defensively than we're giving him credit to right now, and this is a very good Toronto team. We have no idea. They never told us what his actual injury was, right, Sam? Like, we don't know if it's, like, a grade two or a grade three. It's definitely not a grade one, because if it was, he'd be back by now. So we have no idea if it was two or three. Maybe it's three and he's coming back way too early. We have no – it doesn't make any sense. They maybe should have said something. I don't know. Like, do you think they should have said something? Like, sh- should have been more clear? It's tough. It feels unfair. Because it feels unfair to KD. It does. That, that we don't know. But at the same time, it's also the playoffs. And you mm-hmm. kind of – you don't want to tell your opponent, um, right, you know, right. don't worry about – Kevin Durant playing this series because they'll, they'll get all sorts of confidence. So there's a lot of this, you know, he could play next game to have um, a little intimidation factor and kind of keep your opponent guessing. 
Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a rough situation. Yeah. Turns out injuries are not cool. Uh, they suck. Turns out. Um, all right. So let's keep going. We've got Robin from San Francisco. Robin, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I am hella hot, and I'm glad you called <laughs> so I can get off and turn my air conditioner back on. <laughs> and this lady was just walking down the street with a coat on and made me get five degrees hot. Hey, guys, uh, there's so much that I want to say, so I'm going to hone it in. Um, first of all, uh, you know, people are always talking about 2015. We're not the same team as 2015. I've been changed every year. I don't get it. If you look at our walk, the problem with the Warriors is our inconsistent defense. And the way our roster is built, top-heavy, it is not designed for any room for injury whatsoever. And, you know, and, 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 and I don't see how anybody didn't know that the whole year. And then second of all, uh, so that, that means uh, no one's scoring. We don't have any scoring. And then I, as my son calls it, the second unit of scrubs, um, they're just not ready yet. Okay, so that is the bottom line to that. And then the last thing I want to point out or ask you guys about, uh, you know, the national media, the Warrior fans are just as bad as some of these outside haters. Uh, the national media presents these scenarios, these narratives, and, God, everybody's onto it. And here's the one I want to leave you with. I just love how LeBron has been interjected into this thing. Steph Curry uh, played and get 47 points, and now he's like, now it's how he knows how LeBron feels. Now KD's coming back. Is this, you know, now it's KD, Stephen A. Now it's KD, so he can do what LeBron. LeBron is sitting at home watching like everybody else, trying to figure out what superstar he can get to play with him. I am so sick of people being sheep. And that's all I had to say. Peace out. I'm turning my air conditioner back on, guys. <laughs> Robin from San Francisco. Why are we talking about LeBron James? We're not. We purposely made a point to to not talk about him. And, well, here we are an hour into the show, and now we are. <laughs> yeah, no, she makes a great point. I, I just – I didn't even think about it. I wasn't thinking of him at the playoff basketball right now, basketball that matters, does not have anything to do with LeBron James. Anything. Right. Nothing. And somehow his name gets in the mouths of these whoever, people that are tweeting, covering the game, whatever it is, and all of a sudden it's all about him. Nothing to do with him. Talk about Kawhi Leonard, talk about Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant, people that are going to play or have played, and that's what matters right now. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty ridiculous, Sam. I'm sure you have a, a ton of takes to go, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to go that way. Um, but she does bring up a, a good point about the top heaviness of the roster. That's kind of always the trade-off you make. Um, there's a salary cap. You kind of make determinations. Do you want to have a more balanced team? Kind of like the Spurs have done for the last decade where um, kind of the highs of the roster are maybe not as high as some of these uh, better teams, but the consistency across the roster gives them so many options. Or you can go all in with some star players um, – and that's what the Warriors have done, and it works. You but always this, go all in. Yeah, but this is the downside of it. I, I don't know. I don't know what else you want to say. A team isn't supposed to be able yep. to lose a player of Kevin Durant's caliber and still win a championship. That's, I mean, very, very simply put, beautifully put. I mean, that's it. That's that's it. You're not supposed to lose Kevin Durant and win a title. And the Warriors might have gotten it, but then they have to deal with everything else. 
right? Everything else that was with this team, the injuries, the fatigue, the age. It's a different NBA nowadays, and these teams are really good. Kawhi Leonard is really good, and they've got role players that are playing out of their mind. Um, and uh, and and so you know they're they're, uh, they're stuck. We got oh we got twelve minutes. Sometimes I like look at the clock and can't tell if we have enough time or not. Oh, you want to do the uh, you want to do the legal ID? Yeah. You're listening to ninety five seven The Game, KMG, KGMZ FM, and HD One San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Is that like your work voice? Do you like do that in business meetings? Absolutely. <laughs> Just demands respect when Sam Nisvendiari walks into a room. Respect, and you did an all-in, uh, chips all-in uh, analogy there. So shouts to uh, Antonio. Antonio <laughs> on the mind. Uh, if you want to join us, 888-957-9570. Call in. We're trying to find out what you guys think. How much do the Warriors need from KD? Do they need him to play like the I'm Kevin Durant player who is scoring 35 a game. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Or they just need someone who can produce at a little bit higher level than uh, Alfonso McKinney and uh, Jonas Derevko right now. What do you think? Because I think they need something in the middle. What do you think? I think they can get away with um, him having maybe one mediocre for his standards type of games. Uh, because just his presence alone will make it a little easier for Steph and Clay, and someone will get going. But in general, they need they need KD to be KD that, to win three in a row. There's going to have to be at least one KD game. Okay, so you think they need one where he's the best player at the minimum the, at minimum to win the series? Wow, uh, it's hard. I mean, they wow. need him. They need him out there, and they let me, let me put it, this is a better way to put it. They need him out there, and they need him to look physically like 80% of the way to what we know him to be as a player. Like he needs to not be hobbled. He needs to not be a guy that the opposing team picks on. Um, if he goes out there and they double team him and that opens up the floor for clay. Hey, that's great. He's or he's had impact, right? Yeah. I, I think what if he's like a, um, I'm trying to think of like a, a star level wing player in the NBA. That's like not a superstar, not an MVP, but he's like solid. Like I'm trying like I guess you mean like a Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a That's perennial exactly all-star. who I had in mind, right? But like a better shooting Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler can't really shoot that well. Yeah, Jimmy's more of a guy who gets you twenty instead of thirty on yeah, a consistent basis. So let's say let's about. say they had that version, like of Kevin Durant. I think they can win. So like, like, I think you're talking about win. like KD at like seventy percent. Like yeah, he's he's clearly hobbled, but you know, healthy enough to be on the floor. Yeah. I think with that, I think they're fine with that. I think it just it makes everything it makes everything else for everyone else a lot easier. I think um, the defense is going to be easier. Uh, Draymond's going to get to play the five, which I don't think he's done much because they just can't. Right, so I think it gets everyone into their right position, normalizes the offense, makes it so that it's easier for everyone else. Even though they have two non-shooters on the floor, Draymond and Iguodala, and I think that that's good enough. That's good enough. I think the Toronto Raptors. While they've won three games, I don't think they've blown the doors off the Warriors. I think they've been the better team, right? But I don't think they've OKC'd this and won each, some games by 20. I don't they've think been, that's happened. They've been comfortably better, but it hasn't been a, a non-competitive game. Yeah. Um, game one, they won. The Warriors were in it, but they weren't fully in it. Um I don't know. They've, they've had kind of a, it feels like they've been sitting on an eight point lead in every game. Every game. Yeah. It's like at no every point game. is it blown open, but at no point or 
basically outside of game two, I don't really feel like the Warriors got it down to kind of a one-shot game. Yeah. No, they, they, they keep making big shots. Van Vliet keeps making big shots. So um, not and – I, and I think that defense has been the problem too. But we'll, we'll get to that. I do want to kind of clear these phones out. Um, so let's go to Jane Hayward. Wants to talk about Clay missing out on game three. Jay, how's it going? Hello? You're on. How's it going, bro? You guys got me? Hey, guys, I've been enjoying the show, man. I thought I just wanted to chime in on a, a couple of things. So, um, once you guys are early in the show, why didn't Clay play game three? I mean, that was a big mystery for me. Like, um, if it was game seven, he would have played. So, why not throw him out there game three? The finals, every game counts. Um, I think for the Warriors to really win, I mean, Steph and Clay have to both have big games at this point. It's the only, where we're, only place we're getting points from. So, it's like Steph has 45, game three, first game of Oracle in a long time. They're hyped to play. I know Clay would have been on pure adrenaline and would have been able to play and go and would at least gave us 25, 27. I think that would have got us over the hump for game three. And if we get one, I think we feel a lot better than you know, going down going down two at home. So I think game three was the one for us to get and not playing Clay that game um, definitely hurt. Uh, I definitely think that uh, Iguodala's got to step it up too. I feel like uh, if we can get some production, like Iguodala will play a lot better. Um, then just want to touch on the point of you guys, if KD does come back, um, what do we need from him? Uh, what I say we just need from KD, I think a great analogy is that a Paul George, a Paul George type play, you know, give us give us 15 points, 17, uh, space the floor for us. I think that's the main thing of at least if he's a get the wide open corner three. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 